0: episode 55 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, is trust conditional? Is
1: trust earned over a long period of time or is trust given and then it erodes if people don't do what they say they're going to do?
0: You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast, insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Randy Lane. On today's podcast, we're talking about trust. Is it conditional? Can it be earned? How important is it? What are the components of trust? Chip spoke about trust recently at a conference and kicked off the talk with a personal story. Enjoy.
1: I have one child. His name is Gage, he's 13 years old. And Gage, by far, without question, is the most important thing in my life. Nothing else takes precedent over him, okay? So I love him. My brother also has a son who's a year younger than Gage, who's Gage's cousin, and so on occasion, my brother will call and he'll say, Chip, for the weekend, Corbin, it's his birthday, so on and so forth, can Gage come and spend the weekend with us We're going to go to Six Flags and do some other stuff. Can Gage come and stay? And I will say, well, sure. So I'll put Gage in the car. I'll take him up there. I'll drop him off at my brother's house. And I'll come back Sunday and pick him up. Do I trust my brother? Absolutely trust my brother, right? Okay. So if today I found out that I need to have surgery, and I'm going to be out for an extended period of time. For the, the, you that know, I own my own business, I have for 20 years, and if I pick up the phone and call my brother and say, I'm going to be out for the next two months, here's the checkbook to my company, here's the keys to my office, here's everything that I count on to provide a livelihood for myself, my staff, my... Partners are out in the field, here, I want you to take it. If you hear any trepidation in my voice, there's a reason. So let me ask you, do I trust my brother? Well, see, y'all don't know my brother because anybody that did know my brother, the answer would not be no, but hell no. I'm not, I'm not giving him the checkbook and the keys to my office. Why would I trust him with the most important thing in my life that I said, by far? You know, if somebody put a gun to my head and said it's either your son or your business, it wouldn't take but a half a millisecond to say, my son, take everything I have. But you can't take him. And I'm saying that I'll drop him off at my brother's house for the weekend. But when it comes to my checkbook, now the sudden, I'm questioning my level of trust. So the, answer, so the question I come back to is, do I trust him or do I not trust him? So I don't trust him financially. Uh, so trust is situational. Trust is conditional. It's based on competency. So he's earned my trust with my son, but he hasn't earned my trust with financial matters. So some of you might be married. You go home tonight and you say, okay, I went through Chip's training today, and what he told me was is I should trust you conditionally. So I put a list together of the areas I trust you and the areas I don't trust you based on competency. How well is that going to go over? So limit communication with your spouse will raise trust. So let me, let me continue to go back to this question. Do I trust him? Do I not trust him? It's not easy to answer, is it? Is there a clear answer? Can trust be rebuilt once it's broken? Can be. So, what are the common denominators of rebuilding trust once it's been broken? What's that? Honesty, time, and consistency, shared values. You got to have the opportunity. So, someone has to be willing to give you the opportunity, right? Take accountability. Here's what we know we believe that there are three core elements of trust. The first is integrity, how one is. We believe that the individual acts according to a set of principles or values and can be counted on to keep commitments and do what he or she says they will do. Number two, competence, how one performs. We believe that an individual is capable of successfully performing his or her roles and responsibilities. And number three is compassion, how one relates to others. We believe that an individual cares about the needs of others as well as his or her own and will work for the good of everyone. Now, when you look at these three components, here's what we find in the workplace more often than not. People are hired, they are very technically competent and do a good job at their role. So what do we do? We promote them, right? Because they're technically competent. And then they move into a manager or leadership role and they struggle and we don't understand because technically they're competent but they lack maybe one of these other areas so for example i may be very competent at my job but i lack compassion for others i don't have kids i don't care about the fact that you have kids i care about you doing your job so you either do your job or you don't do your job and your personal life is your personal life outside of here I lack compassion, I lack empathy, so am I building trust with that employee? Let's say that I am very competent and I'm very compassionate. I care about the people that work for me, but I lack integrity. Let's say, for example, I come in and do my job every single day and I'm competent and I care about my coworkers, but after hours on my social media feed and other things, I do things that would not be seen as a proud moment for my employer. Or let's say that I'm very competent at my job and I'm very compassionate about the people that I work with, but I tend to take my role as above others, so I don't have to be on time for meetings. If I choose to schedule myself off, that's fine. But if others need time off, there's a hard line there. I've earned the right to be able to make the rules. And now that I've earned the right and I'm where I am, I'm going to run the ship the way I want to run it, based on the way I see things should be done. And so what applies to me may not apply to you or vice versa. Ever seen that happen? So how do we build trust? It starts with understanding how one is, how one performs, and how one relates to others. And it's based on these three areas. Can you trust somebody who has high levels of integrity and is very compassionate but is incompetent? No. How could I trust somebody that is incompetent to do their job? They may have high integrity and they may really care about me, but I'm not going to count on them to to do the job, if if I know over time they haven't done it, how can I trust that they're going to do it now? Or if I know someone's very competent and has a high level of integrity but doesn't care about others and is not compassionate, how can I leave for a month and put them in charge? Or how can I have someone who's extremely compassionate, high level of integrity, and is competent, but, but all three of those are so low all the way across the board that I don't have high levels of trust with them? It's a balancing act, correct? So let me ask, and this goes back to what we started with. If I was to ask you to look at yourself on compassion, integrity, and competency, just take those three, not the individual questions I ask, but those three areas, and you were to take it home, ask your spouse, ask your boss, ask some of your peers, ask some of your subordinates, people that you trust, how would they score you on these three areas? Remember we talked about the book Leadership and Self-Deception? People that self-deceive would say, well, they'd score me great on all these things. I don't need to ask, I know what the answer is already. Any of you struggle with this at all? So how, here's a bigger question. When I ask you this question, can you quickly identify other people that struggle with this? Not yourself, but you were thinking of, oh yeah, this is Joe, this is Mary, this is... <laughs> quickly, we can identify the weaknesses in others. Anybody remember how to describe fundamental attribution error? Fundamental attribution error. We instantly see the faults in others while ignoring. We want to be graded on our intent, but we want to grade others on their actions. And so we can quickly identify the faults in others, but we should be seen on these things based on our intent. Do we feel a lack of trust when it comes to people we work with, meaning customers, or marketing, advertising, salespeople? Do we feel a barrier there? That we instantly go to lack of trust to start with and you have to work your way back? Why is that? Why, why would we have that overall feeling? Why is it that we don't like salespeople? <laughs> salespeople lie? Oh, you've been lied to. You've been lied to, but you've lied but because you're not in sales, they seem worse than you. (laughs) Is is trust earned over a long period of time or is trust given and then it erodes if people don't do what they say they're gonna do? So does our past experiences and our personality play into the way we give or receive trust? Remember we talked last month about emotional intelligence and you remember the response chain? Anybody remember? What happens in a key moment? Our brain goes through three triggers. The response chain is a key moment happens. Stimulus. Something happens. And our brain goes through a response chain of it creates a meaning. That meaning creates our feeling and then our feeling dictates our behavior. So, when it comes to building trust, we, as human beings, the way our brain is wired, we tie it back to a meaning. We tend, as human beings, to trust people that look like us more than people that don't look like us. We tend to trust people that have a common bond, a common denominator. That's why we ask questions. When we meet someone for the very first time at dinner or sitting next to them in an airplane or something, we ask Questions like, where are you from? What do you do? Where are you headed? We're looking for common bonds. We're looking for common denominators. And as soon as somebody says, well, I'm from Waco. Oh, I'm from Waco. Really, who do you know? Blah, blah, blah. You know what, I know them. All of a sudden, our trust level seems to go way up, right? And it can happen instantaneously. Where if we don't, if we're not from the same place, we don't know the same people, we cannot find a common denominator quickly, we tend to put our earphones back in and go back to doing what we're doing. It's not that we don't trust them, we just don't have a reason to invest. What happens over a period of time, and when you look up trust in the Webster Dictionary and different things, it is consistency over a long period of time of behaviors. There's a a guy on TV, I think his name is Caesar or something, he trains dogs, right? So they, I've watched a show and they bring these dogs to Caesar and they say, there's something wrong with my dog. He barks, he scratches, he pees in the house, blah, 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 can you fix my dog? And he always says, I rehabilitate the dogs, I have to train the owners. Because the owners, you know, dogs take on the anxiety of the owners. If a dog acts out, More than likely, it's because of the owner's inconsistency in behavior towards the dog that makes the dog be that way. When you look at organizations that have high levels of trust, you will find leaders that exemplify high levels of giving trust to their employees. You will find leaders that are consistent in their behaviors, you will find leaders that don't sporadically change based off of situations they're consistent in the way they handle those three things they have a high level of integrity they're compassionate and they're competent when you look at relationships it is easy to have that fundamental attribution error where we blame the fault of the relationship on the other person and we tend to take ownership based on our intent and then when you add Motivation biased or conscious biased, and that means we are looking for evidence to support the way we feel. If I think you're a trustworthy person, my brain is looking for evidence to support that you're trustworthy. If I've decided you're not a trustworthy person, then it's obvious that you're not trustworthy because I see it everywhere. And what makes it worse is I make the assumption that others see what I see. How do you build a high performing organization if the foundation is trust and it's eroded? How do you fix it?
0: Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at HPL underscore podcast. And shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.